Holy, holy, holy. Half hour. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Half hour. The great thing is that sounded nothing like the actual song, so we won't get done with a copyright <laughs> strike. Oh, there's actually a song that goes like that. Sorry, and what, what song? Yeah, is uh, well, I, well, I was thinking of um, you know, holy, 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 my lord is holy, holy. Ah, uh, yeah, that's an old. Do you know one, that one? It? Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Hi, by the way, Michael. Oh, hi. Hi, Kieran. Well, uh, yeah. And hi, listeners. Welcome to Holy Half Hour, Season 2. Hello there. Yeah, it's great to have you all with us. Welcome. We are in a new season. We rebooted last week with a fresh new, fresh new show. Yeah. And this is the continuation of that. It certainly <laughs> it's is. It's episode two. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode two. So we've got a crazy game. We've got a ridiculous music-based thing. We've got a fun Bible factoid that we're going to talk about a bit later. It's going to be a good show. Oh, yes. So, shall we get into it, Michael? Do let's. Mmm, here we go. The Holy Half Hour. We, we, we have a liftoff. Okay, Gearin. Okay, Gearin. Okay, whatever you, Richard, whatever you're. Richard Gearin. <laughs> Just call me Richard Gearin. Okay, Richard Gearin. Our game today is a bit of a redo of a game we played in season one because two weeks ago, my wife and I went on a wee Christian retreat uh, to one of those big ah. country houses where Christians go to chill out and pray and do other stuff. It was really nice. However, cool. There was an amazing Christian bookshop with some incredible Christian books, with amazing and unbelievable titles. So <laughs> I I'll used, bet. Bet. even on holiday, I was thinking of you and our podcast listeners, Kieran, and oh, I was thinking... Bless you. I was thinking, I've got to, to capture some of these incredible novels. Not going to lie, some of them were in the bargain bin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so today we're playing another round of Real Christian Book or Made Up by Michael. Are you ready? Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. As ever, Kieran, if you are correct, you will hear this noise. And if you are incorrect, you will hear a this noise. <laughs> Still love that. <laughs> We're getting there. So, number one, real Christian book or made up by me? Hope for the weary mom. Let God meet you in the mess. Oh, man. That that's good. That's very convincing. Uh yeah. And it's M O M, isn't it? It's Mom. Yes, it is M O M. I'm so, glad that you picked up on my pronunciation uh, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, that to me that lends weight to it being real. Well, Kieran. it just feels like this would be, yeah, and a good, a good Christian book for our American cousins. I'm gonna say it's real. Well, Kieran, you are correct, hey. sir. Well done. Nice. It nice. was real. Okay, Kieran, number two. Cry like a man, fighting for freedom from emotional incarceration. I've, I've felt for a long time that mm. this is a subject that needs to be covered more hmm. in church, arguably, yeah. that uh, sort of, well, that it's all right for men to be more in touch with their emotions 
mm. and that that's not a as make you less of a man as I think the historically the sort of popular conception arguably has been. Yeah. So for that reason, I think it's maybe real. Okay. Let's see what the sound effects department say. You are correct, hey. sir. Well done. Not going to lie, Kieran, I took a picture of this book partly because it was funny, because Cry Like a Man, etc. But actually also because <laughs> I was thinking... I think I want to read that book because I, as yeah, you know, yeah. struggle. I, I don't cry, listeners. I find it very difficult to cry. I've been praying for many years that I might develop a more open heart, a softened heart, so that I can cry more often. Uh, so I actually took a picture of this, not only for the quiz, but also thinking, oh, <laughs> I should buy that and read it later. Uh, it's by Jason Wilson. And the first book, by the way, was by Stacey Thacker and Brooke McLaughlin. Mm. So there you go. I can... I can testify, listeners, I've been trying to make Michael cry for years and I've <laughs> yet, yet to succeed. So Yeah, well, Kieran was the best man at our wedding and uh, he stood up for his uh, his best man speech and was like, well, I'm going to try to make Michael cry. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, but I know yeah. I'm not going to cry. I wish uh, yeah, I was yeah. able to. Everyone else, yeah. tears everywhere across the room. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was, was, it was a beautiful speech. <laughs> Um, but I just, <laughs> well, I just oh, can't cry, you know. Mm, mm. So your, well, prayer, your yeah, prayers hope, appreciated, listeners. <laughs> I, I hoped that my input into this podcast would do it, but that hasn't worked either. <laughs> so, uh, well, if you get five out of five in this quiz, Kieran, I might shed a single tear. So here's number three: say <laughs> <laughs> a single manly tear. <laughs> yeah, Kung Fu Christians: Why God wants you fighting fit and ready for action. Uh, mm, man, man, I, I, I could, I could be convinced that that were real. Yeah, I really could. Kung Fu Christians, that's nice and it's catchy. Yeah, but I'm gonna say you made it up. Now, I do think. you think that I made it up, or are you game theorying because we've had two real ones in a row? Be honest. Uh, no, I, I actually, I wasn't thinking about that for once. Oh, I wasn't thinking about the game theory. I just have a hunch that that you came up with this. Well, Kieran, you are correct. Hey, again. Wow, three wow. out of three so far. I did make up Kung Fu Christians, and uh, okay. again, ladies and gentlemen, as always with this uh, this quiz, if you are interested in writing that book and want to purchase the intellectual rights <laughs> for the for the title, <laughs> hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. It's good. Well, we can put that up there with the origami Bible that came up in a, in a previous episode as a, actually a good, uh, potentially really good idea. Yeah. Uh, although I guess it would depend what the what you wrote in the Kung Fu Christian yeah. book. I'm but, not sure uh, I can write that one. I don't have much experience yeah. with Kung Fu, unfortunately. <laughs> I've got to tell you, Kieran, that uh, there were some excellently specific Bibles there at the bookshop as well. And maybe they'll make an appearance okay. in a future quiz. We'll oh, see. Oh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I love stuff like that. The Potato Farmer's Bible. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's number four. Angel flags. Worship in movement. So that that's the whole whole description. That's the that's whole title. That's all you get. Okay, you know, okay. perhaps the perhaps the uh, the cover might have given you more of an inkling, but you know, this is a this yeah, is yeah. a this is an audio medium, I'm afraid, Kieran. So, uh, uh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, worship, uh, angel flags, worship in movement. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely you know, and you and I have encountered this in the hip in the past, Michael. There's definitely a school of waving flags in church. There is indeed. Like that, yes. is a, that is a thing that runs through a lot of churches. 
Yeah. Uh, we've we've both experienced. We're not. I, well, certainly I haven't been part of it. I don't want to speak for you. I haven't done it myself. Yeah. But uh, but but I've seen it. Yeah. And so I have a friend I, I, who shall remain nameless, Kieran, who used to work production stage crew at large Christian festivals. And they were telling me a story about flags and basically they would vet people for flags as they came into the main meetings to make sure they didn't have flags. And <laughs> right. one time someone snuck a flag in and they were, everyone was during worship. This flag goes up, they see it and literally over the in-ears it's like, there's a flag, there's a flag, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> like almost like, uh, you know, <laughs> like a spy yeah. movie or something. It was hilarious. Yeah, like, like the Secret Service taking yeah. down an assassin or something. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wait, so it's fair to say that, that... <laughs> some people are not so keen on flag waving in worship. Yeah, totally, totally. Was there fear that it would spark a revolution <laughs> and that people would be like, hey, I'm going to get a flag too. I and think then it could be that it would be out of yeah. control, or it might just be like the literal, like practical consideration of obviously, if you have a flag in the wrong place, it might cover yeah. camera angles or people's view yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Anyway, yeah. angel flags worship and movement, real Christian book or made up? I think it's. Yeah, I think it's real. All right, let's see what the sound effects par- department has to say. <laughs> yeah i made this one up i'm afraid my friend finally yeah, yeah, yeah. got you with one. Oh goodness you're getting too good at these you have to start making them more difficult i feel like my average score has gone up definitely uh, slightly slightly definitely and i don't think that i'm like consciously taking it easy on you either so uh you know you're no. just you're just well your 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 wife would have told you if you were <laughs> very true very true okay so I mean, you've already won again. You've got three out of five so far, but let's do this last one. For those playing Game Theory at home, we've had two real ones and two made-up ones. So <laughs> this is anybody's Uh-oh. game. Uh-oh. Dance lessons for zombies. Dance lessons for zombies. Th- that's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> so is it a Christian book or did you make it up? Dance yes. lessons for zombies. Yeah. Man. Man. That's that's really out there. Like mm. I can't really. What would that? How well, how would that tie? How would that be the title of a Christian book? I'm trying to think through. Yeah. Like what could you? What could, aspect of the Christian life could you link <laughs> that phrase to? Uh, but it's so out there mm-hmm. that I'm going to say it is a Christian book. Because you don't I'm think I would that. think that that was. I would think it was too out there to to be guessed properly. Like, well, you you are uh, you are someone who you know is uh, you know quite a lot about the zombie genre. I do. I am a nerd um, in that way. So so it is it is a thing that you could have come up with. Uh, it sounds a bit like Dances with Wolves, so maybe it's a nod to that film. But that Could doesn't be. necessarily mean that that it was has that you came up with it. Uh, so you're saying it's a Christian book? Yeah, I am. All right. Well, I'm gonna. You are correct. Oh, sir. Wow. Okay. Four okay. out of five. Man. Dance lessons Man. for zombies by Peter Hyatt doesn't have a subtitle. It has a pre-title, Kieran. That's how out there it is. On the cover, wow. it says. They came lifeless to a hillside where they took dance lessons for zombies. And uh, 
I didn't read the back, so I've literally no idea <laughs> <laughs> okay. what okay. it's about. But it wasn't a right, Christian right. bookshop, so I'm tell- I'm saying it's right. a Christian book. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I imagine this is a novel because I can't think of how it could be anything else. Mm-hmm. But but you never know. Well, I'm I'm totally going to Google it. I'm well, very interested to know. Let's just Google it now, shall we? Peter Hyatt believes that much of what we call Christian is just imitating dance steps. We are often confused being spiritual with being religious. We measure our walk with the Lord by how busy we are at church. Bordering on becoming legalistic, our joy quickly fades and you walk and your walk becomes drudgery. Well, Kieran, it seems like I'm always saying this at the moment, but you won again and you got four out of five. Well done. Ding, Thanks, ding. man. It's a, it's a strange turn of events that I'm winning <laughs> quizzes. It looks like I'm going to have to start making them more difficult again. Yeah, well, you know, don't go nuts. This is, <laughs> I, I, I like winning things. Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Well, Michael, it's time for Unlikely Worship Songs. <laughs> I'm so excited. Where we explore <laughs> the kind of worship songs that you're maybe not going to hear in a typical Sunday service. But maybe you should, or maybe you shouldn't, as is, <laughs> might be the case this week. But we'll see. Let's get into it. I'll be very interested to hear your, your thoughts on this. I love this uh, segment. Do you know, it's already my, it's already my favorite segment of, of, the, new, uh, of the new recording. Uh, last week's was hilarious and also terrifying, <laughs> so it was great. <laughs> well, continuing that theme. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Michael, you know, so I've been reflecting on worship songs and, you know, that whole thing in mm. church mm. i've been thinking are we are we honest enough mm. you know when we come to church on a sunday you know you come in you're busy you've been very busy yeah. maybe it's been a rush to get to church your head's full of things that you forgot to do or things you wish you hadn't done or yeah. you know concerns of of this life and you know i just thought like maybe maybe we just need to be more honest in our worship you know Mm, mm. Uh, maybe we need to be more honest with God about where we're at when we when we come to to church on a Sunday, and so so that's what this song uh, is about. So have a listen, <laughs> amazing, and let me know what you think. All right, my headphones are going on, and I'm very excited to hear your song, which you've called "If I'm Honest." Here we go. Nice intro. Lord, if I'm honest, I came to church in a hurry. My head filled with worries about the week ahead. And as I come to worship, here in your presence. There's only one thought on my mind This chair is too hard (laughs) I wish we had air conditioning Why is the pastor's voice so annoying? kids on the way here so I ran a red light at the jump 
position <laughs> Nobody was hurt But I feel pretty stupid I'm in <laughs> Amazing <laughs> so where is the you know where is the room to be really honest you know before the lord when we gather together on a sunday that's my thesis michael it's uh, brilliant uh, did you uh, so i mean let's do some notes the pads were a little high in the mix so you know the vocals could have been pushed um but yeah, yeah. i think did did, you, did the worship leader whoever it is sing uh, so yeah. i feel pretty stupid i'm in it's it's jeremy riddle and uh uh <laughs> Yeah, that, that, those were the lyrics, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's not uh, It's not really Jeremy Riddle listeners. That was great. <clears throat> yeah. I feel pretty stupid. I'm in. Brilliant, Kieran. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> I mean, you know, those of you out there who are, who have been going to church for a long time or who have been involved in the running of church or worship leading or preaching or any part where you're involved in some way of the practicalities of the service will relate to that song, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, especially, I'm sure everyone can relate to the song, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it can be difficult, can it, to uh, to really lay it all down and actually focus on God. It, it, uh, it usually takes me at least one song. So for me, that would be the opening song uh, of... Uh, admitting all the things that I'm not focused that I shouldn't be focusing on for sure. Yeah, well, you know, and maybe maybe that's the value of a song like that. <laughs> it sort of says, "Hey everybody, let's just clear the air. Yeah. We're all thinking about all kinds of nonsense." Yeah. So let's acknowledge that up front and then maybe it'll be easier to move on and focus yeah. more on God. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. That's uh but I'm sure we can all identify with being in church and feeling a little bit distracted. So, Amen. Uh, I feel pretty stupid. Yeah. Amen. Okay, Kieran, it's our quick fire top trumps redux time. I'm going to give you three things mentioned in the Bible. You're going to guess which one is mentioned the most, the second most, and the least most out of the three. And this week, it's food and drink. Cool. So, bread... Fish, wine, simple. Which one's mentioned the most? Which one's mentioned the least? Oh, which one's in the man. middle? You got to put them in order. Bread, man. fish, and wine. Okay, okay. This is a toughie. This is a toughie. List, we, listeners at we, home, you know, yeah. answers on a postcard. This one's tough. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start with the least and then work up. Yeah. Let's let's start with the least and then work up. Okay. Okay. So last week I correctly guessed that because uh, it was professions, wasn't it? Yeah, it was jobs and in the, the bottom in the yeah, and the you bottom got... on the list was I can't even remember now. Fisherman, fisherman was fisherman. The bottom. Uh, then I, it was carpenter. Right. Then it was tax collector yeah, yeah. was the most. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I have a feeling that the fish is going to be bottom of the list again. Fish and fishermen, bottom of the list. Yes. Yeah. Fish I just is don't think they the have anywhere near as many mentions as, as bread and wine, but how many is it? 74 mentions of fish. Specifically Ooh. the word F-I-S-H, fish. Maybe if you yeah, put yeah. all the other in, you know, 
ways of spelling fish. <laughs> All mm. those other ways mm. of spelling fish, Kieran. There's hundreds of other yeah. ways of spelling fish. <laughs> Um, With a PH, if you listen to <laughs> yeah. classic Christian band Fatfish. Exactly. But here's, uh, here's, the, here's the tricky one. We've got wine and we've got bread, Kieran. Which one is mentioned the most out of these two? Bread or wine? Which one are you going for? Yeah, that's difficult. I think that, I think it's going to be really close. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to think of where all the places that wine is mentioned in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think there are slightly more than there are mentions of bread. So I'm going to say bread is next. It's second from the top. Okay. Let's see what the sound effects department say. Mm -hmm. Oh! Uh, lost sorry, it again. Kieran. Lost it again. Give us today our daily wine is not, it's not, I'm yeah. afraid. Bread is, is <laughs> sure, more sure. numerous than wine. Wine, 202 mm. times. Bread, 254. Ah, okay. So okay. It is close, though. You're right. And it's, yeah, very, it's a yeah. high number. So it's, that's a really yeah. difficult question. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I thought with just the sort of wine symbolizing just rejoicing and merriment and things and all the different ways it's used in the Psalms and different yeah. places that it might it just ed edge it out. No. It might have been just ahead, but okay. Yeah. To totally fair guess. I mean, it it's really mm. is a bit of a, a flip of a coin with that one because they're obviously both mentioned mm. so much. So it's a toughie. <laughs> That's a toughie. Well, next week we'll see if you can get one of these Top Trumps clean sweep. Um, but yeah, well done. Well, Michael, for today's Bible fact, we are in the book of Exodus. Yes, yes. Last week, we talked about Genesis, and you brought us a very interesting fact about the Ark, and how the Ark, Ark essentially means a box, right? Mm, and right, so yeah. Noah's Ark uh, likely wasn't the, uh, a boat in the, in the way that we traditionally think of one. <laughs> it was more like a big box in the water. Yeah. Uh, and so then we were kind of um, riffing on, you know, the Ark of the Covenant and yeah. a bit of Indi Indiana Jones. And what if you were to try and use the Ark of the Covenant as a boat? <laughs> then maybe, you know, uh, the wrath of God might melt your face. Yeah. In, as happens in Indiana Jones. I suspect it would, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Michael, it, it, what's interesting is that. Um, the Israelites uh, didn't necessarily believe that the presence of God was in the ark in that kind of direct sense. Right. Um, but they did they did believe that the presence of God would manifest on what was called the atonement cover or like uh -huh. the, the mercy seat on, on top of the ark between cool. the two angels that were depicted on the ark of the covenant. Um, and that from there, God God would speak to the people. Um, so it's just, a, I think, a really interesting kind of visual. Yeah, definitely. You know, visual manifestation, uh, visual cue. Well, I've, I'm, ta I'm taking this from uh, the Bible book, A User's Guide by, by Nick Page, which is also the book we referred to last week. Mm -hmm. um, and, he, and he talks about how, uh, you know, this... Um, manifestation of God's presence was there not for God's benefit per se but for the benefit of the people because yeah. they needed something visual to uh, kind of keep them 
on track to keep mm. them uh, kind of coming back to the Lord and and seeking the Lord. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Actually, I didn't know that about about the. I didn't. I've seen pictures of the ark, but I never really knew what was what was on top of it. Uh, and I definitely, mm. probably because of Indiana Jones, thought that that the Israelites believed that God was inside there somehow, uh, rather than just that it was a centerpiece for His manifestation. That's really interesting. Um, I think it's also interesting. Uh, I love that song. Um, what's it called again? Uh, it's the worthy is the lamb who was slain. Yeah, yeah. Holy, holy. Oh, it's yeah, Re- yeah, revelation it's song, revelation song. Um, right. And and that that has heaven's mercy seat, doesn't it? Um, mm. In it as a lyric. Mm. So it's really interesting. I had never, I just thought it was pretty words. I didn't know that a mercy seat was like specifically part of the Ark of the Covenant. So that's really, mm. really cool. Mm. I, I love that the place from which God speaks. And if you like kind of uh uh, it dispenses judgment, perhaps is is called the mercy seat, and that mm, God, mm. you know, uh, makes pronouncements from a from a place of mercy. I think yeah. there's something really, really beautiful about that, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's like it's the lid of atonement, but it's a seat of mercy. Like it's not a seat of judgment. Mm, that's mm. that's really beautiful. You're right. That, I didn't think of that. That's, mm. That is very beautiful. Oh, mm. That's cool. It's very interesting. I think it's important as well to think about how that those physical things are for our benefit like holy places churches you know when we go somewhere to focus on god you know uh that's that's for us because sometimes i think reading about the tabernacle when you're when you're doing the bible in one year and you're reading like this many meters of this type of wood and this (laughs) many gold fixings of this kind of thing you're like oh my goodness (laughs) they can definitely give you that impression that god's like bit of an egomaniac but it's important Mm. to be reminded that that all of that specificity was not for god's benefit it was to create an Mm. area that the israelites and that we obviously with our modern areas can go and not be distracted (laughs) like your song distracted Mm. by all the Mm. other things we're trying to limit distractions so that we can actually be with god and spend time with god it's interesting very cool very cool fact i like that yeah, and I think I'm interested in just coming from like a kind of Protestant Christian tradition mm. where, you know, historically the religious movement, if you like, that we are part of made a very definite split from like Catholicism and with it more mm. of its sort of relics and icons, if those are the yeah. right words, yeah. and the more sort of visual, like there, there, there's a lot more in, in, other, in other faiths and in other branches of the Christian faith, there's a yeah. lot more of that sort of religious iconography than we have. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not going to make a case that we should bring that back, mm. <laughs> uh, but 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 <laughs> but uh, but I do wonder, you know, uh, in in what ways could we, uh, as 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 like evangelical Christians, uh, use that sort of visual imagery and that mm. visual language in a way that would actually enhance our devotion to God and our worship yeah. of God, you know, without it being like going off into some kind of idolatrous thing yeah um but think- but the idea that you know that that god sets up this whole system because the people need it mm. because they need the reminder you know uh there's something very interesting in that and yeah i wonder definitely. how that applies to us today yeah i think it is interesting it's it's almost like whether you have you know trappings of of religious ceremonies to remind you of god 
or whether you have a completely empty room where you can just focus on God to remind you of God. Mm. It kind of, mm. whatever your preference is, it's, it's these yeah. things are trying to point you towards God. Um, yeah. And I suppose depending on your, your culture, your background, your experience, it, one thing might, might be more strong than the other. Um, personally, mm. I would probably struggle to be in a church whilst it's very beautiful in a church with, you know, when, when I go to visit, you know, medieval cathedrals and other things with their, their absolutely beautiful architecture and the loads of relics, etc. It's, it's beautiful. It's historic. It's very amazing. But I would, I think I would, I would probably struggle to worship in that environment simply because, um, it would almost create distance, I think, between myself and God, you know? Uh, mm, because mm. everything would seem untouchable and and so uh mm. so mm. i would feel you know we're we have a podcast which is about being irreverent but i think i would feel <laughs> <laughs> like i need to be more reverent in a place like that you uh, know right right yeah 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 p- perhaps perhaps as you say it's more about using you know even if it's if it's not like imagery in that sense but even just a room that you go to it's about creating that sense of anticipation that i'm going to spend time in the in the presence of god and obviously every you know uh all all forms of christianity have that kind of ritual in them like going to church every sunday which is about being with god's people but i think it's also about well it's about worshiping together but it's also about creating a sense of anticipation of we're going to go to the house of god and we're going to worship him together and it's going to be amazing and there is something about that sort of um, that sort of uh, ritual and creating expectation that I think is really important to have a you know a vibrant faith and a vibrant relationship with God, much like festivals and having festivals through the year, like yeah. Christmas, which is something that to mm. get really excited about. And obviously, lots of people now celebrate Christmas for other reasons <laughs> than yeah. the original reason. But the original reason still is to celebrate that you know God is with us, mm. Uh, mm. and that's uh, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thanks for that, man. That's a really interesting little factoid. It's good. Well, everyone, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can email us. The address is hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. And you can find us on any, all of our social media channels at Holy Half Hour. Uh, Pleasure, as always, to have you with us. Uh, We'll see you in the next one. Cheers, Michael. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.